Hello and welcome back to the Red Sector, a podcast about speedy motorbikes. In this episode, we review the two-man staring contest that was the Spanish Grand Prix. I'm your host, Matt Polanski. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MattPolanski1 and Twitch at GameStopper734. I'm joined, as always, by the creator of the Red Sector, Josh Wilson, who you can follow on Twitter at his new account, Red Sector Josh. And we are, couldn't do this without the human MotoGP Wikipedia page that is Bunno. You can follow on Twitter at BunnoGP underscore and at, on Instagram at BunnoGP. So, guys, how are we doing today? Uh, yeah. Um, shocked. I wouldn't say speechless because we've already had a good little little kind of debate before the kind yeah, of going, a- going with this podcast. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's strange. Because it's just come out of nowhere, this El Suzuki thing. Um, and, yeah, uh, kind of been trying to take it in the last week, say week, the last, the last it felt like a week, the last day. Um, obviously, as kind of a Suzuki fan myself, uh, I think we're all Suzuki fans in a way, but, you know, as like a a main, a main Suzuki fan, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a bit homeless now. Uh, and... Yeah, it's going to take some time to digest, and looks like I'll be a Honda fan from now on, won't it? <laughs> God. Um, on the back of that, I was all right till he mentioned what he just said. I'll not repeat it, because that word don't come out of my mouth. That's <laughs> um, all I'll say is it's quite ironic how the second Josh stops being a Suzuki fan, they pack up. That's all I'm saying. It seems a little bit... Oh, he's going on just like that. Christ. Well... Oh well, you know, I, Matt, you've always been my favourite too. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, look at like look at a series of events. Josh owned a Suzuki, trades it in, gets a Honda. Suzuki pulls out of Moto or announced. Well, it comes out that they're pulling out. Nothing's official yet, and now Josh is going to be a Honda fan. So it's I think there's a series of events that Josh caused in the world just well, from buying a Honda. <laughs> Well, me is going to be joining Honda by the looks of it, so he's he's got the same same idea as me. <laughs> I had a lot of respect for Josh when he was Suzuki, but that's all gone out window now. Now that he's moved to that, well, I don't know. Rivalry starting. I've not got words for what I think of that. Well, company, I mean, but naturally, naturally, I can't really be any other fan of any other team. I mean, I don't mind Party. Him, but. In line for it's like that not, kid at but... school that always supported the local team with you, and now he sports Man United. Do you know what I mean? It's that kid, <laughs> and you think I had a lot of respect for you. You used to be on my side, almost. You know the boys in blue, even though we weren't the same blue, and I had a soft spot, and I still do have a soft spot for Suzuki. Josh had just left him in the dirt and shot straight off to the big boys. Well, so, I, I mean, I had a Honda, I had a one two five Honda when I was a a little a little wee nipper. And uh, I've gone back to a Honda 600. Best bike, by the way. Best best sports bike going. Yeah. Behind all the Yamahas, yeah. Better than a Yamaha. Better than a Yamaha. But anyway, that's that's a totally different <laughs> kettle of fish. Yeah, so uh, we're going to start this episode like we do every episode with the news. And like we said, the biggest piece of news, the giant elephant in the room, is during testing on Monday 
update came out that Suzuki is pulling out of MotoGP at the end of 2022. Um, this came as a shock to everyone. Uh, not even the team knew what was happening. This came straight from Japan. Um, yeah, Livia Supo was uh, yeah, reported as having no comment. Um, nobody really knows anything, and the worst part is it's a um, it's like a federal holiday in Japan, so there's no business transactions going on for like the next week. So we really don't won't know anything until probably Friday or Monday of next week. Um, but yeah, this sort of like throws the whole MotoGP paddock into turmoil because we've got uh, a whole team that's just going away and two riders who need to you know find rides for next season. I mean, you can't, you know, riders are millionaires. You can't really feel sorry for them. You feel more sorry for the teams and all the personnel of Suzuki. But, you know, Josh, as the ex-resident Suzuki fan, how did you feel about this? Um, he's not bothered. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's going to Honda. He doesn't give a shit. He's Suzuki. like me. He's like, well, seen in a bit, lads. I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um, uh, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, still trying to. I mean, it's just, uh, uh it's it's just a bit of a kick in the teeth, really. It's a it's a team that's done well. Been well, it's uh, they were champions in 2020, so. Not all that long ago, really. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, it's looking like it was on the upwards trajectory. They had a good bike um, that was seemingly going to get better and better. It had some, it had some straight line speed. Um, you know, it seemed like a package that that was coming together nicely. Um, and now, just to pull out all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, and and the timing's terrible, like absolutely atrocious. Like, oh yeah, let's let's. Let's kind of let this slip, or I don't, I don't know what's happened. If uh, obviously journalists came up with it, like it could be loose lips sink ships kind of thing, where someone's said something to the wrong person and it's just spread like wildfire, which you know can happen a lot. Um, but the fact that it's the, that national holiday in Japan where it's like companies shut down for like a week without any kind of uh, dealings or mentions officially on or co- on corporate levels. It's bizarre. We won't even, like I said, we won't, we don't know anything because, uh, as we saw, Donna put out that statement um, directly aiming directly at Suzuki, so they must know something, or they must they must assume it's true. Uh, and Suzuki haven't responded with anything, so um, it seems like all the phones are on silent at the moment. Um, so I, yeah, it's 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 bizarre. We'll, obviously, we'll get in soon. In a sec, we'll probably get into why we think they're doing it or what the reasons are, but it, trying to digest it, it's just a bit, a bit, yeah, it's taking its time. Yeah, Bonner, how you feel? Already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, as I've said before in many a podcast, I've, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Suzuki. I like what they do. And this year they've, well, for me, they've, they're the most improved team this year. If if it's not Aprilia, it's Suzuki. They've both looked brilliant. And um, we were just talking before recording. You can only look at it in a sense of, well, it must be finance, but, you know, winning 2020, um, coming out the other side of 2020, the best of everybody, because, you know, the, the sponsor attractions that they got with Monster Energy, 
the bonus they would have got for winning the world championship, the progression of the bike anyway, you know, they've not gone backwards at any point. Since Suzuki entered, they've only gone up. And you could argue since winning a world championship and not winning it, they've gone backwards. But they've never, for me, they've not gone downhill. They've just, in 2021, they just stayed where they were. They didn't improve. Um, and 2022, they've got better because the straight line speed is absolutely black and white what it was. So for me, I, I, I think they're, they've only been looking like they're setting themselves up for the long term in attracting and keeping their good riders um, with Rins and Mir. And it's sort of been feathered around with the satellite team prospect for the last few years. So I've only had good things to say and think about Suzuki going forward, which is why when I read the news, I was like, God, of all teams, you know, barring Yamaha, it just surprises me completely because I thought they were only in it for the long run. I know they pulled out prior when they weren't competitive and me and Josh spoke previous to the recording about Kawasaki, but again, Kawasaki were never competitive in MotoGP. They had the odd, you know, if it, if it, threw it down, you looked at people like Anthony West, if you remember Josh, and it, it were like, well, here we go, we might get a result. And Olivier Jacques and people like that on a Kawasaki, Nakano, they got the odd result, but it were never anything consistently competitive. But Suzuki is the absolute contrast to that because they've always been competitive since coming in, really. Even the first year with Vinales and Aspargo on it, they weren't rock bottom like Aprilia. You know, they weren't. They, they were probably... 15th to 10th most weeks, the odd top 10. And since then, they've only gone up. So, yeah, like you said, Matt, it's sad for a lot of people that are going to lose the job from this if it goes ahead. Um, obviously, in relation to what Dorna have put out, Dorna can stop it. I think Dorna are doing what Dorna should do in kind of covering their arse with it and saying, look, if the reports are true and Suzuki go ahead and do this, they can't do X, Y, and Z without the agreement with Dorner. It's like, the, if anybody that watches football, it's like the Super League situation where if those clubs want to pull out, they can't do that unless the Premier League you know, agree to it and then if their governing bodies agree to it and all that crap. But it's true. you know, That's why the contracts are made. They can't just do what they want and pull out. But my best bet is the people I'll have the first picks on that will be the big boys, the bullies that Josh is now fled to, they'll get first picks on it because it's Honda. They will. That all jokes aside, they. I can promise you now. I think Aprilia will get it because Aprilia will want a satellite team. But I could put any money I own, Honda will get first choice on that on a third team. You know they've done it before with Mark VDS and people like that. So wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if they did. But maybe Ducati want. Half the grid, maybe Ducati will make another two two bikes. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, who do, who well, do you want to see on it? I, personally, I'd like to see Aprilia have a satellite team. That'd be my first pick. Be then. Well, one of the interesting things that uh, MotoGP said in their or Dorna said in their statement was uh, that there are other manufacturers who are interested in coming to MotoGP, and that interest has been. You know, it intensified in the last 24 hours and like, you know, certain people on MotoGP Twitter are like, who, who are these teams or who are these manufacturers? It's like, 
honestly, who would it be? BMW, Kawasaki, yeah, like who's the only really two that come to mind for me that I think yeah. realistically, let's know. Yeah. Like it, I, it's never going to be a company like Harley or oh, you, you know, know like some Indian V12 thing. Yeah. yeah, but like who, like yo, who, who realistically would no be willing one. to come into MotoGP? I, no, there the isn't. Thing I can think I of think is like. A- gas gas but that's not they don't make engines do that's they? They ktm make, yeah or... ktm like, but what i'm saying is, a... is because of their this new gas gas model that's come out in the last couple of years they've obviously gone to mx they've gone to moto 3 they've gone to moto 2 you'd be like oh moto gp mm-hmm. they wouldn't be making the engine that would be ktm i can't see ktm having another satellite team when they can't even control fucking factory and satellite as it is so um Husqvarna. again ktm yeah. that um, was something um though isn't it yeah, like but that was something that the race said um, was about one of the things I forget who said it on the races podcast was about making KT or Tech Three a factory team and have them be like Tech Three Husqvarna. Oh yeah, because there's, there's that rule. Because there's that rule where something where you could only there's only allowed to be six satellite teams on the grid. Yeah, and they all have but to it, share. It them. can't be Tech Three because they've just signed a four year deal with KTM. They renewed, yeah. didn't they, last year, like four yeah. years or whatever it was. So Three I years think so. 2026 so by, or 2025, so it can't be them. So by the looks of it, this these two seats that Suzuki are giving up, it's either going to be a, fact, a full-on factory team, yeah. or which would have to be a new team, or mm-hmm. it, they're gone, basically. By, well, the, the by, two seats will be there, won't they? So it's got to be Aprilia, because they don't have any contracts with any team. No, so but, if that, they want it, if but they want what I'm saying... But what we're saying is, there's that six, the six rule, the six satellite team rule. How many satellite teams are we on at the moment? Is it six? I think with it is. you, LCR. Well, Ducati yeah. have got three. Yeah. Ducati have got three. LCR Tech three with you. Yeah. So it's I'll six. Six in it. Is there one more? No. No, there's, that's there's it. A, tech that's three, it. LCR, and apparently, you, the three. Yeah. I mean, if you're going off the race podcast, anyway. If you're going off that, that is, and they're, they're, they're more in the know than I am, but the limit is six. There can't be more than six satellite teams. But, I mean, yeah, satellite, so... Yeah, but having said that, at one point, there was only, like, the the two extra seats we have... So, say if Suzuki aren't leaving, the two seats that Rossi's bought, they didn't exist. There was no two seats, but then they just made two more seats. So, who's to say they won't say, all right, well, that's seven satellites. It's to do with, it's to do, it's to do with the payout. <laughs> with the prize money, yeah, it is. But there's been a lot of rules of What's we're only having X amount. Is there and some now breaking? Is there some on-air no, breaking news? No, I was looking because you guys like were saying about well, what manufacturer could come in, and so I wanted to look up like top manufacturers in the world to see like what brands there are, and like the top three are Yamaha, Honda, Ducati, and then it goes Kawasaki, which has tried it before. I don't see Kawasaki coming back. The fifth one is Triumph, which I, I, it was like, as soon as I saw the name, I'm like, well, they're already associated, no. but they're making every engine for Moto2. Well, Triumph, I got the facility for that. Yeah, they, they haven't got the money, but there's another key. No. Even if they had the money, it's Triumph make triples, and you can't have a triple engine in MotoGP unless they mm. twisted the rules. It's got to be four-cylinder and four-cylinder only. So I don't think... True. Triumph will be like, oh yeah, let's go into this blind. Um, we'll also make a four-cylinder thousand cc engine. That yeah, if they already made really... four cylinders, then you'd be like, maybe 
even if they had the money for it, yeah. but to reinvent the wheel almost and then go down. No, I can't see it. But I will just say, anyone that went to any GP from the space of 2006 to 2008, the Kawasaki is by a country mile, probably the best sounding, but definitely the loudest bike I've ever been close to. Used to sit there at Craner Curves and listen to the bikes come out. You know when you can hear them at the other side of the circuit at the start of a session? And it used to be like, and you get like, you'd be like, there's the Kawasaki straight yeah. away. It used to be such a belting bike. So if they did come back, I mean, I'd love to see Kawasaki just simply if they made the bike sound never exactly say, like it used to. But never say never with Kawasaki. But other than them and BMW, I can't see anyone. And BMW, I don't think so because they've pulled out a Formula E. Yeah. They're, they're they're not interested in motorsports. I would, I would like to see BMW and though because it's you know we don't have be a nice. manufacturer, yeah. do we? It would be but good. It, but... I think they're more content with their World Superbike, you know. What they're That's doing the there, Kawasaki though, they've always been so yeah. vocal on being like, we're we're only looking at you know street well, sports and street then prototypes. Um, both of them are in EWC, so it's like they're they're doing stuff. It's just they're not interested in MotoGP. Um, the other names like the top ten um, and six is BMW, seven and Harley, Suzuki, Aprilia, and then KTM. So like the whole most of the top ten is already here. You know, two of them are have either been here or already have motorcycle programs that they're perfectly fine with. And then, like I said, you know, Triumph, they're already making all of the engines for the Moto2, so they're not going to make a bid. And then Harley's just never going to do it. So mm, even yeah. like there's uh, Harley Davidson even came out with like some redesigned engine recently that like completely is against like what Harley Davidson has ever done. Even if with that technology, they still would never come to MotoGP. I mean, they're more into the baggers racing. Yeah. What if they they just got rid of them and said, nobody wants to buy one. No one's like, if Prilia said, let's not run before we can walk. If Honda didn't want it Mm -hmm. for some bizarre reason. And Ducati didn't, couldn't afford another two bikes. And Yamaha didn't want it. And KTM don't want it. What if they just say, I mean, it, "All right, we get rid of those two seats," meaning two people lose the seat? I think that's. I think that at the moment, I think that's the biggest possibility. Because, simply because I see Dovi. I don't see Dovi going later than this year. I'll be honest. I don't see Dovi doing another year in MotoGP. Nah, he's done. He's done. Um, so I don't see Dovi or Darren Bender. Well, uh, Darren this, Bender maybe not, but it. you know, this, this adds to it, it. The tweet I had, which was simply. Um, about the rumours floating around again, just rumours, but about bike changes for next season, um, like RNF with you maybe going to Prilia, that's one thing that was thrown out there, or uh, VR46 going Yamaha, which kind of makes sense, really. Um, I don't know. like if That would just compound it, though, wouldn't it? That would make it more confusing, because if you're, changing, if you're suddenly changing manufacturers and things like that, they're obviously going to have a little say in or that you'd assume they might have a little say in who gets a seat in them certain places. So, I, yeah, that just compounds things even more. I mean, um, what if... Oh, God. This this has really blown up like, into silly season. But what if... Yeah. What if, let's just say... God, I sound like an idiot about to say what I'm about to say. <laughs> but 
Honda have not. It's been like Mir Cotteraro, Mir Cotteraro, Mir Cotteraro. So let's say they go down the Mir route, right? Mir goes to Honda. Where does Rins go? Does Rins go to Yamaha? God forbid, or whatever. Goes to Yamaha. Morbidelli goes to Satellite Team, or maybe VR46 on a Yamaha, or whatever. And Dovi loses his seat, and that's how it sits, maybe. Or, or, I don't know, Rins goes to a Ducati, or something like that. God, I, don't, I don't know. Or maybe... KTM or something like well, that, and one uh, of the KTM boys goes down, and Ralph Fernandez goes to Yamaha. Like uh, this has caused so many. Like it's, always it's, it's almost like thing. you've threw another couple of dice in your hand, and then it's like. Well, I mean, Vinales was already saying about he's open to options for other teams. Yeah, he loves career really? suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that, apparently. So he's, he's, he he was quoted as there, saying, definitely. "Yeah, he was quoted as saying that he is open." To options for uh, offers from other teams, Vinales. Yeah. Yes. Because he he thinks the bike should be built for him rather than him. That's change some his statement style. to come out with when when the other yeah. on it's Aprilia, just. Warm. I mean, Aprilia is probably just like, yeah, get rid, get um, yeah, Yamaha. You're right. He's he's toxic. Well, if get I rid. heard that um, from the one team that gave him the only chance back in, I'd be saying, well, bollocks mm-hmm. to you then. Yeah, here's Rin. Rins is a free agent. Come on, Rins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Take a punt. I mean, I, I think uh, Aprilia is probably the most in line for V4 out of the, the V4s. So, yeah, I think it, Rins would suit the, the Aprilia. But then again, Rins would probably suit Yamaha as well because he's not what he knows. So, can I chuck another dice in and say <laughs> oh, this boy. is already this is already happening? But Rossi again, returns. <laughs> it's bored. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> but. Toprak's having a test with Yamaha after oh, three years. God. I was just I was gonna bring him up. You can't sit so, there and say, no, that's that's really he'll never come to GP. Why is he having if he if he wasn't adds, in the question, why wouldn't he be having a t why would he be having a test? Yeah, exactly. It's... And his Red Bull. So who's to say Honda won't go? Alright, it can change, but People that are paid by Red Bull get paid all what more than people get paid. exactly. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Well, that but goes to, that Bull goes to show so. not taking a factory Honda a Honda ride because energy drink. That shows how much it is. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's 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 bizarre. This is such a. It was already going to be a silly season, and now it's all capitals with full stops in between with exclamation marks on the end. It is. I mean, like I said, it them two seats. I'm going on the premise that them two seats are gone now. That's it. We'll go back to because we had two extra. Is it two or four we had this season? Two. Because it was Grassini was a new team, wasn't it? And Rossi, four. Yes. Oh, four. four yeah, maybe. yeah, it was four. Oh, no, no, it wasn't, was it? Because Avintia became Oh, Avintia, yeah. They, yeah. Oh, yeah. Grassini took I was forgetting about them. Rossi so took we'll, Avintias, didn't they? Yeah. We'll go back to the... I'm assuming we'll go back to the numbers we had last season. So that's... We've lost two. But then, of course, Paul, Paul's gone then. <laughs> Where's Paul going to go? He's not going to fit in anywhere. Um, oh, God. 
Unless, uh, what about if Paul goes to Aprilia? Well, okay, so let's let's look at it this way. Aprilia has Aleish and Maverick right now. Maverick's out, probably. Um, Ducati, you've got Benyaya and Miller. Miller's rumored to be on his way out. You know, Yamaha is trying to fight to keep Fabio, and there's there was just a report today that management is like, if he on Morbidelli because of his performance, VR46 might be tied up because I don't see Rossi letting no either of them safe. go. No team is safe. They're all... But, uh, I mean, could Paul go back to KTM? Could they get rid of Oliveira and take no. Paul back? No? No. I don't see that happening. Not... not uh, when, if, if it had been flung... Like, if... Uh, what's a good example? If, let's say, like we Yammer are... No, no, that's a no. Same example as what I'm thinking of, but if they'd have kind of like Perez with Force India, yeah, or whatever they were classed mm-hmm. as, they got rid of him, so it almost like, well, yeah, we'll have you back. Do you know what I mean? If he if he then later down the line Ooh, went back, yeah. but for Paul, he kind of snubbed KTM, and KTM mm-hmm. openly said he is our man, and then he said, look, it's Honda, I'm gonna have to go. So I think people like KTM. Would be a lot more so, like, well, I'll look to you then. If you want, you think Honda's all well and mighty. Uh, I've, I don't know, but I wouldn't, from you. I wouldn't really take that personally because it's got that law, hasn't it? Reps on Honda. It has, it has, but if he'd won on a KTM, yeah, then I think it'd be different. Mm. We never won on a KTM and they've got no, Andrews won on it and Miguel who's won on it. Yeah. But then, of you course, I mean? you got the, I'm still saying the Fernandez lender at Yamaha. That's, that's I, I think now that's opinion. more possible. But, I think that's more likely. Yeah. yeah. But not on factory, not now. Um, I don't think. Well, well, Morbidelli has a two-year contract, doesn't he, with with the factory team? Um, I think yeah, he's got this year, year and next year. It might be next year. Yeah, it might be. So one that's plus so one. They're, yeah, they're next year. In. So then, if Rins wanted a Yamaha, he'd have to stick with he'd have to stick with the satellite team for a year, stick it out, well, what, and, what, and what, hopefully what perform. What factory team is he going to get other than Aprilia? Oh, none. He, he'll have to. It's it's basically a dead set. I think him to Aprilia. Get Vignali's already kicking and screaming about the fact that he's not winning. I don't um, see that quote. I'll have to find that quote. Um, so it, that's a fit. Mia to to Honda seems inevitable at this rate. Um, because there's nowhere else he can go. Um, so Paul's probably thinking, Ah, shit, I'm out of a job now. There's nowhere for Paul to go. I think he'll just be out. Um, could could Paul go to Pramac? Paul, nah. Because you, so. you figure Martin's... Uh, nah, Ducati have got too many got links too many, down the line. They've, they've got too many. So, is that's what I mean. Like, Ducati have too many. KTM are sorted. They don't need to. Honda, I think they're the main two that really, like... If, yeah, if, they're if the main Ducati two. If Ducati hired from, with that, like, from outside the circle, it would backfire because everybody in the circle would go, well, if you're not picking me, I'm off. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Your um, Bezekis, like, your Jorge like, Martins, your yeah, Bastianinis would yeah. say bollocks to you then. If you're not picking out of your... We've gone to you as a satellite team in the thought of if we do a good enough, we'll go to the factory team. Yeah. So if they then say, the... come on then, Mia, you go into the factory team at Ducati, they'd be like, well, I'm off. Well, it's the, same with, um, it's the same with Jack Miller. I don't really... Maybe he could go to LCR, maybe, but... I mean, they've got stuff in the pipeline. Honda now, they're they're set. They've got Agora, Chantra. I, I actually don't know who else they've got, but yeah, in, in um, a way, they probably would have hated the fact LCR that Iagora won. 
because mm. they probably thought fucking hell, that makes it even harder now because we can't. We've had Chantra win, Agora win, and Jack Miller kind of wanted to come back. It's like, well, we've got two youngsters here that have got five years plus yeah. on Jack Miller. Mm. Well, and there was even a, um, I forget what podcast I was listening to, whether it was the race or Paddock Pass, but um, they they were talking to somebody about Takanakagami and the the rider they were talking to was like, well, what, I don't understand what happened to him. He seemed to be doing so well. And they're like, oh, well, I, a girl, won the Moto2 race. And the rider was like, okay, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought when yeah. I watched the MotoGP race, I thought he'll have, a, he'll have a stick up his ass almost as though to say, like, you better fucking get a move on considering he's just he's just won it Moto2. Uh, it's, I thought it's, it's, it's too little. Ass. It's just too little too late, though, isn't it? It is, it's, yeah. It but... is. Mm-hmm. For, for nothing, you know. obviously you're gonna you're gonna race your heart out because you you could bag a couple of wins and then all of a sudden it might change things. But I mean, it is Agora's earmarked for that. I can't see two people oh. I see losing the seat this year is Nakagami and Davi mainly. Yeah, then they're only because of his age. I think he might might keep all the seat. Maybe I think so. I think they'll give. It, I think he's done enough already this season well, to warrant keeping him on. He was but to say that now everybody this opinion. start the, this time of the year everyone starts going like up and up and up and up. Who's say that he won't find that? And if he simmers at the bottom, they might yeah. just think no. But Dovi, with his experience, you would think you'd apply that in being better at the start of the season, where your yeah. rookies and whatnot might fall and you know mess about. You'd think Dovi so, might prevail, but he hasn't. I mean, for me, it'd be Dovi out, Fernandez in. But then you'd have yeah. that KTM seat empty. And yeah. at the moment, I don't know if they'd be like, I think Acosta, they're probably just, they might at the moment give him another season. So then you got to wonder where's that empty KTM seat going to be filled by. Oh, and that was one of the things I was, because I'm if, looking at the lineup here. I'm looking at the rider lineup for 22, and I was like, well, would Paul be willing to go back to KTM? And I don't think KTM would want him back. No, I don't. After how, after like how he left. Um, is Alex Marquez a lock for next season? You know, if he's if he's not, maybe they talk Paul into going to LCR. It's a big kick in the nuts, though, isn't it? To go, yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's a big kick in the bollocks. That is. I mean, I think that's. There's so Yamaha's, many wires uh, being crossed. You just don't know. There's so there's many. There's so many eventualities. Yeah, I still think Yamaha's the most interesting because you've got Fabio, who's who's leading the charge. I don't think he'll leave. He'll stick around for another oh, couple of years yeah. at least. Everyone keeps saying this, but, but I'm like, please. I don't. I don't. I, there's no way for him to go. Well, Suzuki's not Honda. an option anymore. <laughs> yeah, so, Honda's the only big one that I'm worried about. He, he won't do it now. Now he's one part in Maui came second in Jerez. He's, he's increased his stature. He, he, he's showed how valuable he is to Yamaha. They'll keep him on. But he it's the other seat. Yamaha, I'll be like, do what you want. He will, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do what yeah. you want, I don't care. I think care. he will. But it's the other seats. Like, Frank is not, like I said before, he's not really cutting the mustard at the moment. You've got Darren Bindu. I don't think, unless yeah. he has, unless this is just his bedding in season and he comes alive in the second in, in next season onwards, so maybe, but Dovey's gone, so there, there's there's two seats out of four but, that are question marks, really. Yeah, having said that, Yamaha is three. the only factory, barring Suzuki, but the only factory that every door on that factory door is not locked. 
you could say Fabio's going to stay, but there's no definite. Frankie's no definite. Dovi's no definite. And Binder's no definite. Whereas you could look at Onda and say, Marquez is staying. The other three, mm-hmm. Alex Marquez might, he probably will stay. The what, other seat, um, maybe, maybe not. And Paul, maybe, maybe not. Every other the, factory, everyone. Alicia Spargo ain't going to leave, is he? He ain't going to leave Aprilia. The other so, seat um, might be free, but every other seat in Yamaha, every seat is open slash closed. Do Yamaha have, um, do they have much Moto2 talent in the pipeline, do they? Or... Well, I mean, mm-hmm. they've obviously got the Mastercamp team, and I really do rate Gonzalez, but they, they ain't going to, I don't think they'll bump him up unless he pulls something out of the bag. But they might be a talent, you know, they might turn around and say to somebody like Aaron Cannett and say, do you want a you go, satellite yeah. team? We talk about all these wires in GP. Mm. Seen it before with Suzuki, and me and my dad used to sit there and say, Oh, when Mir were coming I... through at Moto 3, Yamaha, I need to sign him. And same with Maverick when he was coming through at Ponds, Yamaha, I need to sign him. And Suzuki always, that were, they, they were brilliant at that. Rins, Maverick, Mir, great at talent spotting and whatnot. But for me, that's something that Yamaha have lacked in the last few years is scouting at the lower level and picking them out when they really should go and go for them rather than waiting and then paying the big bucks to sign them from bigger teams like your Mavericks and, you know, Quattararo's having to pay for him to come up. And that was well documented from Patronus that Yamaha paid for Frankie to come up as well. But for me, I don't know, if you were, if you were Yamaha and you looked into Moto2, who would be your first pick? Personally... Personally, mine would be Aldegura. That'd be my pick. That 100%. That'd be my pick. Young, obviously, he won't be able to ride until February, March, or whenever it is next year. So maybe the year after. But if I could sign a pre contract for him for a satellite team, yeah, 100%. Mine would be Aldegura. I don't know about you two, but that kid at that age is lightning hot. Like fucking lightning quick. Mm. I don't know who would you pick. It would be your pick. Might it be either him or Canet. Probably Canet. Anyway. I mean, he's not really tied to anything, is he? Canet. He's not tied to really. No, I mean, I think he's on a one plus good, one with Pons. He'd be a good pick. Really good pick. Um, who else is fighting at the front at the minute? Moto two. Uh, you've got Vietti. obviously Vietti, but he's he looks set for a Ducati ride. Um, but, 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 but what Ducati ride? Yeah, VR forty six. Are they staying with Ducati? And even if they don't, even mm. if they do, Marini and Bezeki. Damn it! You know what? What are you telling it about? <laughs> the the like I pulled up the Moto Two standings and the name I looked at immediately just went out the window because he has a Red Bull sponsorship. Oh, really, who's that? The, no. who's, who's Joe that? Roberts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. Unless Joe Roberts, I mean, I know I weren't on the podcast from Portimao. Don't to finish first. First, you got to finish and all that. Joe Roberts, we all know, we all know. Joe Roberts has got to do it every week. He can't, he can't pull up a, a win. Oh, yeah, on a bitter, a bitter of fluke. Let's be honest. I mean, granted, he was best at lot that stayed on it, weren't he, on the restart? But Joe Roberts ain't getting near it every week. So if he wants to go up to GP, he needs to have the form he had when he was with American Racing on an underperforming bike and performing on it. He's now on a good performing bike and can't perform on it. But we aren't getting too deep into them waters. You know, I look at Moto2. My picks for Yamaha would be Vietti, Canet, and Aldeguera. Aldeguera, you can't, I don't think, because obviously he's still 
17 quid on 18. But um, Canet would be a great shout, I think. Why not? If Davi goes out and they can't get... Say if Ralph Fernandez says, I want to stay at KTM. Why not? Yeah, it's probably cheaper as well, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's not I tied mean, down to anything, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think can it be a good shot? Yeah, Seems like it could go that way. But uh, I guess that answers our first listener question for today, because our first listener question was Armo asking, "With Suzuki calling it quits, where do you see Rins and Mir going for 2023?" Yes, where don't we see him? So yeah, yeah, and uh, one of the things I I or thought I had was like. It's hard enough to like look at the lineup and try to figure out like where everything would reshuffle. The minute you say mention Moto Two, it adds a whole new other element into that. And then like you start looking at outside, like you said, Top Rack. You start looking at outside Moto, like the whole Moto GP. There are so many ways this could go. There's going to be so many rumors and so much speculation. The next. 10 months are going to be amazing. The only people that have got a huge fat pipe or cigar in the mouth is Mark Marquez, Brad Binder, and Alicia Spargo. They're the only three that sat there going, crack Peco on, ben Yaya. I'm all right. Yeah, Peco, mate, yeah, Peco. They've all got the popcorn yeah. out. Uh, they're just <laughs> yeah. watching it all unfold. Yeah. Although they're the only four, though, aren't they, really? They are. you can sit there and say they're definitely where they are. Every other seat is up for grabs, literally. That's yep. insane. That is insane. I mean, like we, we touched on him a little bit, but Alex Marquez, he's uh, he's not. His performances have been great. Uh, obviously, Mark Marquez probably isn't carrying the weight that he did in terms of having the influence of Alex Marquez having that seat. Um, mm, but he, he definitely still carries it enough. Oh yeah, he does. Definitely. But I don't. I don't think it's enough to to mean it's a dead set that Alex is staying in LCR. Especially the rumours, the whole Jack Miller having talks. Maybe, maybe not, yeah. Um, or the, the Honda might think, you know what, sod it, let's bring Chancho and Agora up. Let's have them both. <laughs> that that would that. make shit the fact. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, you just don't know how it's going to go with them. I think there's a good chance of that happening, um, maybe with one of the Moto2 boys. And I, I personally see Jack Miller staying at Ducati, not factory though. I see him swapping with whoever takes Pramac. his seat because I think the Going person that will Pramac. go to the factory seat will be Martin or Bastianini. So yeah, I mean, again, I... Martin was at the start well, of the year. It was oh, it'd be Martin, probably Bastianini, but now Bastianini's won two races. Martin's crashed out of four. Yeah, well, I'll say Bastianini. You'd be sitting there saying, "Why not picking me?" Yeah. Well, I was saying Martin looks like uh, as the kind of form of someone who's just signed a contract. So, yeah. So at the moment, yeah. he just keeps crashing out. So. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, Bastianini surely will, will be saying, well, I want to go up to Pramac. Yeah. I think yeah. that'll happen. I think Bastianini will be going to Pramac for the next year. So does that mean Miller to Grassini? Well, this just keeps see, getting I worse. I can't see. I don't see. There's any world that exists where you can't sit there, take everybody out of the, the equation, your factory, your your Gigi Delinia, and all the rest of the camp, and you sit down with Bastianini like they will do. They'll do it with Digi. They'll do it with Bastianini. They'll do it with Bezecchi, Marini, all the Ducati boys. How on earth can you sit there and look at Bastianini and say, "We'll keep you where you are"? That to me is. Bonkers! You can't look at Bastianini and say, "Stay where you are," because I'd be Bastianini. I'd say, "Well, I might go to Aprilia." 
for yeah, factory team. I'll reach out to How everyone else. How can you sit there and put him on an independent yeah. team? Right. Won two races. It'll, it'll have to go to. But then, uh, Zarko. What if it's Zarko? Well, that's mean... another one. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like how they, long they, is Zarko for Zarko the Metro GP Grassini and Miller and Bastianini and Pramac? Oh, I don't know. I don't oh, know. God. I, don't know. I, I think we need to move on to the actual races because we, we could be on this we all day. Another name, Tony Arbolino. He's picking up. Oh Tom Christ! Yeah, he's he's he's, he's like he might. Fun. I think he'll stay in Moto Two, but I've seen about, I've seen more bizarre things. Like what about Joe uh, Roberts not won a race and he got offered the Aprilia seat. He's <laughs> kicking himself now. But anyway, um, what about Sam Lowe's and Jake Dixon? Yeah. Sam Lowe is that ship sailed. Yeah. That ship sailed. I, I think, think Lowe's Dixon, had his keeps, chance. And... If Dixon pulls it over the line more often, got a good chance because Adorna and what they want and the youth is on his side over over Lowe's. But Sam Lowe's, I'm, I'd love to sit there and say, give him another chance. But Sam Lowe, is at the ex- with the experience he's got, the age that he's at, Sam Lowe should be doing a lot better than what he's doing on the bike that he's on. Hmm. That's mm-hmm. you've got to just sit there and accept facts, and that is for me. If Sam Lowe's doesn't win a race in the next three or four, I don't think he'll be at Mark VDS next year. Personally, yeah. I, don't, I think I Jake Dixon, yeah, Jake Dixon, he might he get could that be like, ride. I mean, who knows? It Jake Dixon might be once he wins a race, that's it, it unlocks something in him a bit like yeah, I think that's true. I've said that before. I think when Dixon mm. wins one, I think he'll be up there on, on the podium more often. Yeah. But who's to say if Dixon does do well and he gets offered a better ride at Mark VDS and gets low seat, you know, that might be a great thing for Dixon to go and have a chance at being really competitive in Moto2. Like, look at Tony Arbolino. Gone from Dynavolt to Mark VDS and he's stepped up a gear, hasn't he? Uh, he's had that year on a good bike, on a good round package. Christ, we'll be here all week. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, to prevent us from being here for five hours debating where everybody could end up, we're going to get into the races, and we're going to start off with a quick one, uh, since I was pretty much the only one who watched both of these races. Moto E was back this week. Um, it it had two races this weekend. Uh, the first race one was won by Eric Renato with Dominique uh, Agatar. Agatar, yeah. Agatar, you got it. And Matteo Ferrari on the podium. Uh, race two saw um, Eric Granado winning again with Miguel Pons on in second. And Matteo Cassaday. Cassaday. I got that one I, in, on the podium. Um, it was just cool to see Moto E back. Um, yeah, they don't get that many. I think they're going for eight races this season. Um so it was just cool to see them back. It's a nice little thing on the week, you know, during the MotoGP weekend. They're short races. I think both of these races were only like eight laps. Um, being that they're the races are so short, there's a lot of action. Yes, they are weird to listen to. I think the noise is cool. Um, but yeah, it's just being that they're so short races, you get a lot of like people making moves that are really risky, and there's a lot of like you know, switchbacks and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was a cool, you know, it was cool to have them back this weekend. But yeah, no, I know you watched I did, I did one catch, of them. Yeah, I did watch, um, I think it was race one, because Cassidy fell off, I think. 
in race one at the last corner. That rings um, a bell. Did he fall off? I think. I'm yeah, sure uh, yes. He fell off because in the last um, in the second race, Mark Alcoba didn't finish. Um, Ruiz and Garzo didn't finish. Hmm. So yeah, it yeah, would have been I race think, one. Yeah, race one, I watched. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't mind motorway. I think it's got a lot of room to develop. It's still early days, and I believe the racing at Mugello. You might be able to tell me rather than me know, even though I'm meant to be going to Mugello. So I should know if the, uh, they are racing, but I believe that they are. So I'll, um, yeah, I'll be watching that. Not that mm-hmm. many people will probably stick around for it because I remember at Mizano, <laughs> not many people did. But um, no, and that was uh, that was the thing with this race. Well, race one was uh, Saturday. I want to say it was after all the qualifying sessions. And then race two was after the MotoGP race and the disparity between the people there for like watching the MotoGP race and watching the Moto E race, the amount of people that cleared out of that place, there were certain like the one whole hillside was covered with people for MotoGP. And then in Moto E, there's like a handful of people across that hillside. For me, I'm I'm very much like get your money's worth. I've paid X amount of money to go to an event, even if it is moto. Right. I'm watching that bike race. I don't go there. I don't might not go to you know if I go to Silverstone, I might not go there for another race for another year. So why not watch another race? It, it might not be a cup of tea, but you know it's bike race. Yeah, yeah. Day and you've got to support it. You can't sit there and say they don't do anything with it when nobody goes and watches it. You know, show it a bit of support. Yeah, I did the same. Uh... Part him out with Red Bull rookies. Yeah. For, Red Bull rookies, yeah, brilliant. You can actually sit mm-hmm. and watch Red Bull rookies or CEV or CIV. The talent coming through those ranks and the the quality of racing for those kids is unbelievable. If you've got like a spare half an hour or whatever on a Sunday or Saturday or whenever, and you see it on Eurosport or BT or wherever you are, whether it's Darzen or I don't know what it is for you, is it ESPN in the in the US? Um, for I'm what sure. the for for the for the bikes, is it on ESPN or is it not through anything? You have to get the video Sorry? to actually watch MotoGP or whatever channel it's on. Well, f- uh, over here it's NBC, but NBC, they only right. carry the uh, the MotoGP races. They're usually either on some hidden channel that you have to like search for, yeah. or they're uh, on like a six hour tape delay. Um, right. Well, I know the video Europe, pass is the best thing. Yeah, in Europe, it, well, BT is the people that they do like most of it. If it's not BT, it's Eurosport, and then the rest of Europe, it's Darzen and whatnot, and Sky Sports. But if you ever see it on CIV or CEV, which is CIV is the Italian Championship, CEV is the um, Spanish one, mm-hmm. or Red Bull rookies, honestly, give it a watch because there is some fantastic well, racing that you can watch on those on those uh, championships. I know uh, a few of the races because um, one of the Red Bull rookies races was on. They streamed it on Twitch. Mm. Um, they, I know, like uh, Red Bull TV has had the Red Bull rookie races. Um, they're kind of hard to find though, and there it's it's not like you just search for Red Bull rookies and like everything comes up. You have to like search through and actually find the race yeah. you're looking for, but. Um, I mean, MotoGP is trying to put like more of that stuff on their like Twitter and their Twitch. Um, I know there's been, I think there was a um, Asian Talent Cup race 
another good one as well. There's some on, brilliant races on Asian talent. On their Twitter. Um, yeah, they're, they're trying to put a lot of those feeder series on like yeah, social media yeah, or like them on Twitter, don't they? Yeah. 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 So that's a good place to watch stuff like that. But like, yeah, all, all of it's it's all motorcycle racing. That's what we love. You know, it's all fun to watch, even if, like you said, you know, it's not your cup of tea. You know, you might not like the uh, the noise the moto e-bikes make. You might think that, you know, the, you know, the, the feeder series like Red Bull Rookies or the, the Talent Cup ones are just like, oh, well, it's just Moto3 all over again. But I mean, it's good racing. Yeah, no, honestly, if you like Moto3, and uh, people have always got a good word to say about the race in Moto3, and I know everyone doesn't have the, the time to sit and watch every feeder series or whatever, but that's my mm-hmm. point. It, if it's a weekend that we're not racing or, you know, it, it just drops on you and to go and watch, and you've got 20 minutes, half an hour, I promise you they are just as good as Moto3 racers. Just because you don't know the household names yep. in it or whatnot, you might see the odd race, like, if you'd watched it two years ago, you'd have seen Acosta, Guevara, mm-hmm. Artigas, the likes come through. And the races they were having were unbelievable. And you go back oh, and yeah. watch them, and you're now watching Moto 3, and you look at like what we'll get into in Moto 3, and you see the people who's the people running at the front? Your Garcias, Guevara's, Messias, Onchus. Yep. They've all come through Asia Talent Cups, Red Bull Rookies, CEV. You know what I mean? They've all been there and done it. So you're not watching any, you know, absolute novices. You're watching top, top world-class riders come through at a younger rank. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And you look at, uh, what's his name? Aldergear come through at Moto E last year. 16 racing yeah. in Moto E. He was doing brilliant stuff in Moto E. You know, you, you can really spot some top, top riders in some of these, some of these other championships. And Moto E does get a bit of a, a tarnished word on it, doesn't it? Because of it being electric. But I think it being so young, you've got to give it a little bit of a chance and whatnot. And if you do go to a race and Moto E's on, sit and watch it. You know, at least give it the chance. Go and watch it. Don't judge it before you've watched it. If you watch it, it's not your cup of tea. I think that's fair enough. But um if if like I say, if it's on at Magello, which I believe it is when I checked, I'll definitely be sitting there watching it because you don't get to go to Magello many times in your life. And for me to go is number one on my bucket list. So if I can watch another bike race there, that's another bike race ticked off in my book. So I'll definitely be watching yeah. Moto E. Yeah, so uh, moving on to Moto3, uh, we had a podium of Izan Guevara, Sergio Garcia, and Jama Masia. Um, this race really came down to, you know, who was going to get the least amount of track limits penalties. Uh, at one point, I think the leaderboard on the side of the screen, half of the visible people or the visible riders had track limits warnings. So what were you guys' thoughts on this race? Uh, classic Moto3 race, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just uh, that break off where there's like a few four or five or six just break off into the distance and then you have another handful and then you have another handful. It's, and yeah, it's just this like, race was the top six. And it's just switching, and then the lead just switching, changing hands every every half a lap, every lap, and it, one of them again, you have no idea who's going to come out on top. Uh, yeah, definitely not Guevara. The, that 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 move on the outside was incredible. Really, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, like who would have saw that coming? No one really. Like, there's you can't really, you can't be sitting there thinking, you know what, this out of this group, Guevara is going to. 
gonna gonna win. You know, Guevara's gonna do this. It's it's just an unknown, but it's quite it's exciting. It just make, it does make it really exciting. Well, your eyes were fixated on the uh, on Onchu and Garcia, weren't they? Into the last mm. corner, it was like mm-hmm. he was made the lunge, and then you just saw Gas Gas completely crawl around the outside. Smart, but um, I'm kind of gonna do a little bit of a Josh move here and be like, in the game, I know how hard it is when you go through those sections of right-handers in the last yep. section of Vareth, and it's like you're basically flat out on a Moto Three bike, so them skimming onto the green, you almost be like, yeah, fair enough, because. You're at full go and you've got three people this side, three people that side in the last corner. So, um, yeah, it's absolutely bonkers to watch Moto3 through there, I can imagine. But honestly, credit to Dennis Onchu because he wasn't in that front pack and there was they were getting away with Gas Gas guys at the start and Messiah yep. budged Fodger away, which we'll go on to him in a minute. Um, and fair play to Onchu because he, you know, Budged hard to gas out of the way and said, "Come with me, I can catch them." Caught them and unfortunately didn't get on the podium, which I really wish he would have got a podium because of last year's incident and how well he raced this year. Mm-hmm. I really did feel for Anju, but nonetheless, he's had solid rides the last few. I think he's finished like fifth and fourth the last four races or something for Anju. So it's good championship points for him. Um, but yeah, no, a great race. Um, nothing much more to say on it, really. Scott Ogden, top Honda. Really, really proud of Scott with that one. That's a top, top ride. When you look at people like Foggia, Mino finishing behind him, veterans of the class, especially Mino, you expect him to come to places like Aretha where he's raced around it 10 plus times. And, you know, you, you expect Mino to be in the podium fight, but clearly Honda suffering. And throughout the weekend, you look at the top speeds, the vision track boys were way down compared to everybody else. So for Scott, not only with a speed deficit, but clearly on a weaker bike to finish the best of that bike on a track that he has raced at, he's won at before in CEV. You know, this is a different caliber, uh, caliber of, of of racing, isn't it, compared to those those younger ranks. But really, really happy for Scott. He might look at it, and I know he said on his Instagram and whatnot, not what they're looking for, but they're pushing for more. But, you know, if I'm Michael Laverty or whoever, turning to Scott, I'm saying, look, look at the bike you're on and look at where the, all the others finished. You're the top of the of all of them, you know, in, again, for a rookie, for a new team. So, yeah, really happy for Scott. Disappointing for Josh, obviously, getting injured on Friday. Definitely the right call, making him not yes. race because I've spoken before how passionate I am on concussions but the slightest thing you should not race so i'm glad he didn't hopefully um comes back stronger in le mans because i think obviously josh i've not spoken to you since portimao but with it being wet it gave him a lot of confidence didn't it in portimao to actually see that he's not you know dead last for any reason he's just he has got the pace it just needs that bit of confidence so well, hopefully yeah, for I mean... josh you know with the team having a better mm. result and being the top under he can it can take a lot from scott and take a lot from portimao and Le Mans not known for being dry, so no, maybe Josh well, will have a good race next week. I well, really think he can. Um, as we know, like uh, when it when the when it does become wet, when the conditions are challenging, usually it becomes less about the bike and more about the rider. So to see Josh actually do well and at Portimao again get through to Q two was was great. A great confidence boost, mm. like massive for him. Because um, obviously he's, he's really, I think I think he's someone who's really hard on himself. 
and he's only 16, so he's got and years. Are, he's got years, yeah, Scott as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good for him. A shame with with uh, with it with the off and not being able to race in Hereth, but I guess it's better safe than sorry, especially with head injuries. So, yeah. come back stronger in um, in like I said in Limon, which again. It'll probably be a downpour, like it always is. Well, so. if there's one thing us Brits are used to, it's fucking rain. So yeah. we're not <laughs> half bad in rain on most on on most motorsports. To be fair, so that's the only upside of living in an absolute treacherous country like we do. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know if there's anything much more to say other than Fodger, Obviously, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, obviously, Fodgy expects the best from himself. He only expects a podium, don't he? He'll sit down every place. weekend and say podium minimum. But the bloke—you could see him shaking his head again and again every lap. It was lack it's of confidence, somewhat, poor somewhat performance. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's never done well at a ref, but even you know, when you look at people like Fodgia, when you hear stats like, "Yeah, oh, he's only—I think he's only ever got like a thirteenth place at a ref," you think, "Yeah, but that's Fodgia of old." Fodgier now is not the same Fodgier before. You think he'll get, you know, those sorts of people like your Mears in the past and your Martins and whatnot that have gone and dominated in Moto3. That year that they win it, even on the bad circuits, they always prevail and get a solid result. So to get outside the points was, you know, a big a big kick in the goonies for, for Fodgier and mm. didn't look happy at all, did he, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you made a comment earlier about Dennis Anchu's like run of form late, lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, six races, he has finished fourth, fifth, fourteenth in Argentina, mm-hmm. fifth, fourth, and fourth. See, Argentina didn't he have a long lap or something. Was it I two? don't know. I don't know. Something like I don't know. I, I could be remember. making that up, but I seem to remember him having some form of problem that he couldn't break through or whatever. Either way. Either way, that's just as good a form as Foggia, barring obviously again on podium. Real, you know what I mean? If 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 you take everything mm-hmm. else out of it, fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth, fourth, or whatever it was, that's solid points. That is, you know, when you get to the end of the year and you look back, they always say, don't they? You know, like Bagnaya, you look at him last year and you say, well, if it weren't for the start of year, and you can sit there and say that, but you need to hit the ground running from the off and Fodge uh, on you. He just needs that podium. I mean, if, for me, he's like a Dixon. I think if he wins, I remember watching Onchu at Asia Talent Cup level and Red Bull rookies. When he got that win, it were like that were it. Then he he just he had the confidence to race at the front, and that'll be the same for me with Onchu. So you know him and Sasaki. He had a long lap penalty and finished sixth. Sasaki, he definitely had a long lap penalty, didn't he? He again, I, yeah. I said it in Smashed it. when I picked my riders of the day prior to when I've not been here. That bloke is on it this year. I think people are not overlooking him, but almost when you pick your rider that you think will win the race, you look at your Guevara's, Foggy's, Messias, Garcia's, Onchu's, maybe. You don't really look at Sasaki as your first pick. Well, For me, uh, every it, week, he's been so competitive well, across obviously the board, the, every race. The funny thing is, he. he probably by right should have won the first race. Yeah, definitely. So for that little high side, yeah. which ended up ruining his... his very unlucky there. Yeah, because he made a mistake, so, but, you know, to damage the bike the way it did, yeah, the, it was... The, the punishment unfair. didn't fit the crime. No, really, not, so definitely one. not. But, um, um, Messias obviously picked up a bit of form, but I, I look at Sasaki and I think, you know, in a new team, 
Um, no teammate, really. I know he's had David Salvador and whatnot, who kind of come in at last minute for John McPhee, but not had a solid teammate there fighting up there with him to sort of help him out with a result. Or something. I know it's motor three and they don't really, but you look at somebody like Gas Gas and they're blocking the front row, aren't they? They've got two on the front row and anybody else is fighting two Gas Gas bikes. So, now Sasaki's been brilliant. Been absolutely fantastic. Him. He's eyeing up that, he's eyeing up that Edimetsu seat next season. Probably so. I think he'll get it if one of them go up. Have we mentioned that? I'm not sure if we've talked about (laughs) Edimetsu riders going up to GP. Maybe (laughs) that should be the next topic of conversation. Um, but, uh, riders of the day, then who... anybody else? Anybody? Any other topics? Yeah, man, man's is... no, I don't think so. Um, no, rider of the day for me, I think Sasaki. I think everyone can, I think we can all have Sasaki really because it was a hell of a ride from his position that he was in. Yeah. Um, uh, who fell off for Matt? Matt will just pick someone who languished. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're all back no. together. The old, uh, the old jokes have come back out. <laughs> Matt picking someone that's crashed and remounted and had an half decent race, but I don't think anybody did remount <laughs> half decent race. No, um, not that you can, again. The argument being you can't really have an half decent race and have been remounted, but you can in Matt's size. Matt will find somebody. Uh, I'm going to go with Dennis Onchu. I think he he really worked well in this. Uh, you know, like you said, he. At one point, he was like three seconds back or something like that and was able to just, you know, with with a little help from another rider, I forget who it was, but able to work his way back up there. He he could have been on the podium. Yeah, you know, that last corner. Well, he led into the yeah, last corner, didn't he? Yeah. And, that's uh, the beauty of a wrath. Because I think, wasn't it him and Masia were hitting off of each other? They, well, there was well a... Garcia and, and Masia were... Oh, that's who it was. A little bit, yeah. yeah. They they kept giving each other flick of the wrists and patting on the arse and whatnot. Well, I, I, I know that I wouldn't say they don't get on, but they mm-hmm. they're not best of mates, Garcia and Messia. They've they've yeah, they're not they're not best buddies. That and that was so funny. Like every time one of them would like pass the other, you just see the hand go up. Like, yeah, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah. It reminds me of um do you remember Dovi doing it to Mark in Austria when he passed him on the last corner and flicked his hand up at the last corner? It gives me <laughs> gives me that kind of vibe. But no, you you both picked my two if I wouldn't have picked you know, if I'd have picked first, ah. whatever, I'd, I'd have probably picked Sasaki or Onchu. But um I think anybody in that top six really you could have picked because they they all race bro. I mean Artigas, he was not my pick, but you know, we I've I've said for a while. He is. He will come good. And I look at him, and I, the first thing, as soon as I saw what I'm about to say, I thought I'll have to mention that in the podcast. You know, there's certain things that happen. You go, that's being mentioned, and I'm not going to forget it. I'm glad I am. Leopard getting rid of Artigas and signing Suzuki. I said it back last year mm-hmm. when it got announced. I said that is for me. I, whoever Suzuki's manager is wants a pay rise because. <laughs> For me, Artigas is one of the biggest talents in, in the whole class. People might not think it, but I, I genuinely do believe he's one of the best talents in the class. Suzuki, I mean, the blow last year, not even average. He was, was poor, wasn't he, really? Suzuki, he's gone to best bike on grid. Well, I mean, how long, has he been in, how long has he been in Moto3 now? 2017, I think his first year was. Yeah, I think, mean, why? 
Do you know? There's obviously you know what I mean? politics I don't, I don't involved in that. There's, there's politics it. involved, but there is, I mean, he's but... not even he's not the leading Japanese rider, is he? I mean, Sasaki no. and Toba are above him, so I don't get what why. Is, I mean, let me let me just get up championship standings. He might even be down there with like Yamanakas. I don't think he will because I think I've, Suzuki might. I've got it pulled up good. right now. Yeah, Tatsuki uh, Suzuki is in thirteenth place in the championship. Oh. He's right in front of Yamanaka. There you go. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's fighting for bottom spot in Japanese rider. You know, I don't. And yeah, I think I've always said that were a bad move, and I still believe it to be a bad move. I like Suzuki. He won when I went to see him in Mazzano for Simoncelli's team, and that was brilliant to see. But for me, he don't pull enough pull up enough trees to warrant that seat at Leopard. And I felt sorry for Artigas. I still do. So good to see him get a good result at the weekend. But. My rider of the day, and obviously there's no bias involved in this, is going to be Scott Ogden. Because when you finish top ponder, <laughs> as inexperienced as Scott is, well, I say inexperienced, very experienced guy in general, but um, with the speed deficit, the bike performance, the team performance, obviously didn't have a teammate there. I know that Josh and Scott are fo- currently fighting at different levels, but still data helps, doesn't it? You know, when Scott crashed in Qatar, we were sat there saying, well, at least Josh finished to get the data for the team and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. you know... Scott did brilliantly, I think, and his performances show that. And you know, he's getting the, the the gap to the leader. How far away was he, Matt, from the leader, Scott? I believe it was twelve seconds or something. Might even be less than that. I don't oh. know. Might be even like seven or eight seconds. Uh, let me pull it up because I know I just closed out the Moto Three results. Um... So Scott finished. Let's have a look. Scott finished eleven seconds from the leader. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's good going at a place like Areth. The pace they were saying at the front. Look at Onchu; he had to gap it. Guevara and Garcia flew off straight away, and Messia tried to keep hold of mm-hmm. him. And did they set a great pace? So for Scott, with a speed deficit on a poor performing bike, to finish eleven seconds off the leader and led the group that he was running in. For uh, honestly. Scott deserves a lot more praise than what he'll give himself for that ride. He really does. Yeah. So my my yeah. pick is Scott, but there's a lot of good rides you could pick. Yeah. Uh, looking at the standings real quick, in first place we have Garcia with 103 points, Foggia uh, holding on there with 82, Guevara with 73, Masia with 70, and Anchu in fifth place with 63 points. So uh, it's not out of the... It's not out of hands yet, but it's, you know, it's only six races in, so still going to wait and see. Uh, moving on to Moto2, we have a podium of Ayagura, Aaron Kinnett, and Tony Arbolino. Uh, Ayagura getting his first, check me on this, Bono, first MotoGP win first, ever first in any class. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... What were your thoughts on this race? Um, it was it it was all right, I guess, as far as Moto Two races go. <laughs> Obviously, don't sell, yeah. don't sell it too well, Josh. You know, <laughs> you don't intrigue the listener too much. Um, no, as far as races go, obviously, Agora winning. I don't know about anyone else, but I was willing him on to win. Um, I was hoping he'd manage it, and obviously, he did. So. He's in gone that full sense, on yeah. now, look. He's even gone to yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> full on. <there. laughs> exactly. All or nothing with me. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, to see um, 
kind of Agora finally get his win, I, that could have, that could unlock something with him now. Um, especially like early on the season, obviously you had you had Chantra kind of outperforming really. Out Chantra was doing doing the the better of the two, and it was kind of looking that that maybe if that form continued, it'd be Chantra that would be in line for the for the seat in MotoGP rather than Agora. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was good to see him win. Um, and then of course you had Aaron Canet, who bloody hell, I mean. Uh, that that ride is just incredible. To, to that's have a synonymous like, rider of the day. That is, yeah. But other for all of us, why not? It's might as well get out there right now. Yeah, <laughs> is our rider of the day because breaking your forearm, getting a plate and two bolts put in, like on the Monday and then on the sun or the Tuesday and then on the Sunday, doing a full race and finishing second. Not mm-hmm. just. I mean, if anyone was just like, oh yeah, fair enough. He's he's got on the bike and he's. Can finish the race? Yeah, giving it a go. Right, fair enough. But to, but to to finish second, and for for a, a quite a, a you know bit of the race, actually looking like he could maybe take the win. Um, mm-hmm. It's just incredible. It's, it's crazy. You, no one would have guessed that he just got undergone an operation on a on a broken forearm. So um, yeah, incredible race. And then kind of the I guess. The rest of it, um, you know, obviously Arbelino and um, Fernandez fighting for third place. Um, Trotter, I mean, I gave him ride of the day last week, and all of a sudden he's put it fifth. So obviously, he obviously listened to the podcast and got a bit of inspiration <laughs> and motivation. <laughs> um, yeah, and then less said about the Brits, the better, really. Let's hope Suzuki don't listen to it then from last year. Yeah, no, that's what not. Well, it's too late anyway. I've already sold my bandit, so they're gone. All right, well, but no, no, I, I kind of echo what Josh is saying. I mean, watching that race, I almost thought Canet was saving, like nine, ten laps ago, I thought, is he saving his energy to then give it one last go? But you know what? Even getting to the end, I thought, bloody hell, fair play to you, because we all know these boys are made a different grade and girl. I will just add, and girls that mm-hmm. have compete, they are made of different stuff. Um, yes. Yeah, they, they are, they put footballers to absolute shame. Um, and a lot of other sportsmen, I will just add, not just football, but yeah, can it? What a ride. Agora, credit to him, because, you know, never won a race before. It's a lot of pressure, especially the pressure that is publicly stated how much pressure Hiroshi Ayama puts on that team and Agora anyway. Um, so yeah, stunning ride. Arbolino, I mentioned it earlier. The boy's coming on good, and it's good to see because always been a highly rated rider. And when you're a highly rated rider from a young age, there's a lot of pressure. You look at your Acostas and people like that of the world. There's a lot of pressure on these guys anyway. And when you when you sign for somebody like Mark VDS, they expect nothing other than podiums. So you know, good for Tony. And like Josh says, Marshall Schrotter. I think he'll forever have a ride as long as Liquid Moly exists and he's kind of still physically able to do it. No discrediting him on the P5. Um, yeah, no solid points for Vietti and whatnot, but kind of disappointed with Jake. Um, sad to see it. And obviously taking out Aldegur was quite annoying. But again, Jake yeah, was quickest what? in three free practice sessions and I still think that he just needs that that win. 
He just needs what? that win. And, you know, that's you don't get gifted that, but Jake needs to start bringing it home a little bit more and just easier said than done, of course. But it'll come. What are um, your thoughts on that incident with Dixon and and I, I think he's Aldegar. quite lucky to get away with no further investigation. I'll be honest. I think mm. if it were the other way around, I'd be saying bloody hell that no no further investigation. I kept quiet a little bit, seeing that he didn't have any investigation. But um, six or one half a dozen of the other, in a sense, because I look at it and I go, Aldegar did sweep really really wide. But the end Left of the day, the door Dick, open. He, he did, yeah. But Dixon has crashed, and obviously he's not lunged in on. You know what I mean, if it was a dangerous lunge and never making the corner, I'd say, yeah, it deserves a penalty. And I think Dixon, if anything, tried to keep really inside and on the corner because he didn't know where he was. So, but yeah, Dixon has wiped him out, but nothing malicious in it. And I think Aldegar probably understands that. And I don't know, yeah, maybe I sound a little I, bit biased saying it, but no, yeah, I don't quite think so. I think to get away with it, really. Racing incident, I'd say. Like I said, Aldegar's mm-hmm. obviously, he's left the door wide open, so Dixon's always going to go for it. Um, and then, of course, I think Aldegar's thought, oh, God, I've left the door open, so he's tried to shut it off as Dixon's going into the corner. Yeah, the, and then that's the, kind the of move spooked. is not dangerous. I think that's the key no, point. No, the move's and then not it's, dangerous. It, it spooked Dixon, um, who's then... I think he grabbed a handful or something like that, and then he's yeah. he's gone a bit off more yeah, than you, I think. Yeah, r- race incident really for me. Mm-hmm. Which it's always um, going to be because he's British, so yeah. 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 Well, I'm trying not to be biased. I'd I'd like to think it's the other way around. It'd still be a race incident, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the other some of the other you know national boys. You got Joe Roberts finishing eighth. Um, Very, yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and he was best finishing America because uh, Bobier crashed out. But Bobier had been having a horrible weekend. He mm. was not were performing up week. to snub. Um, Dylan Kelly finished twenty second. I mean, he's pretty much just chilling out at the back every race. And then you got Sam Lowe's crashing out also. So, yeah, really, not the best weekend for the U.S. and British boys. No. As usual, no. it's apart from yeah, it's kind of a normal thing apart from the the rarity of last last week. But yeah, so yeah. Uh, other than Aaron Kinnett, who are you guys looking at for rider of the day? I, I, honestly, I think this could be one of the few. Like, I think Silverstone for the GP, we picked a Spargo and said, "Don't pick anybody else; they don't deserve it." Honestly, I think it's almost. It might be quite disrespectful in a sense to not give it anybody else, but it's disrespectful to not to, to Aaron Canet to not all be just give it him. Honestly, if it was me mm-hmm. and I had to pick for you, I'd just be like, no, you're not picking anybody else. We're picking Aaron Canet. Like the bloke, like Josh said, not only to to ride. When I saw him on Friday putting the glove on, I was in pain watching him. <laughs> I felt like my hand were coming off watching his. You know, he was sort of like hesitating and shaking and trying to cram his hand into the glove and I I just felt everything from top to bottom of me shake and my hand my is tingling as yeah. you say it I felt ill and he's he, I mean obviously he's 100 times man I am getting on a bike and doing what he did Christ but for me I'm sorry I can't bring myself yeah. to pick anybody other than Aaron Cannett. You two can, but I can't bring myself to pick anybody else other than him. There's no, like certain race winners that you I'd just go. Kenneth. Yeah, there's certain race winners where we've gone. We don't like picking the race winner, but 
we'll pick him because it's unbelievable ride. That for me, mm-hmm. you can't pick anybody else other than him, can you? Really? Can you? No. Um, no. no, you can't. I mean, again, the only uh, if if Canet didn't have the ride he had, I'd, I'd be doing my typical thing and picking Agora because just because he kind of yeah. he kind of commanded the race for most of it, but at the same time, it's it's kind of he's like my honourable mention. It's He's yeah. always going to be Canada's rider of the day, really. Even it, it probably even if it finished in the top ten, I'd, yeah. I'd have given him rider mm-hmm. of the day. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a couple honourable sure mentions for me would be Zaccone in eleventh. That's a good ride. Uh, Manzi in thirteenth, obviously returned back on the uh, VR forty six team, whatnot. Got in the points, not a bad ride. Um, ben Schneider, not a bad ride as well. Seventh. I think there are a couple of honourable mentions, but yeah, for me, you can't you can't be picking anybody else other than can it. Yeah, so uh, looking at the championship standings, you got Vietti in first on 100 points, Igura in second on 81, Arbolino in third with 70, Canet in fourth with 69, and Joe Roberts in fifth with 57. So this, it's kind of getting tight in certain spots. Um, it was good to see a uh, girl be able to make up some points to Vietti. Um, you know, I, I said last episode, how I felt about the whole moto two thing and how I feel like Vietti basically got reward, like rewarded a shit ton of points. Yeah. That but, mission, mission failed successfully. That's how I put yeah. it. Yeah. Because he was nowhere in that first, first race. Really. Well, he only got points at Portimao, didn't he? Because he was nowhere. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 yeah that's what we were talking about. Yeah. You know, last race. He basically yeah. was out of the points. It was screwed, and yeah, was going to lose the championship lead. The wreck happens. He did horrible, so he was able, he, he want, benefited from all the chaos. <clears throat> but well, you kind of do make your own look because he wouldn't be going into that saying I'm going to lose the championship lead if he'd not won two or eight, two or three races before that, and mm, second in Indonesia. Right. I mean, like you, you can say this, people could say, "Oh, lucky bastard for doing that," but. You know, when the bloke's been on it, the bloke's been on it. You've got to give credit where credit's due. You make mm-hmm. your own luck in that sense. Granted, you look at Aldegare, he's been wiped out a couple of times. That is unlucky. But people only rate Aldegare because people look at what he does do when he does finish. You know what I mean? Like you, you make your own luck in a sense. Yeah, it's um I do think though with it we're looking like a four horse race, in my view, already. Yeah. Bit early to say, but Canna, Arbelino, Gora, and Vietti. I can't really see Roberts. He's only up Rob- there because of that. Roberts, yeah, he got lucky with the win. Other than that, I mean, Schrotter's in sixth, so maybe I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if Marcel Schrotter battles for this world championship, I'll. <laughs> well, and then you've got Chantra in seventh. I mean, it's mad. He's finished. Two races. He's hot and cold, and he, though, isn't he, Chandra? Wait, wait, he is. He's, he's, only, he's only finished two, and he's he, he's come first in one and second in the other. So, um, yeah, he's just he's win it or bin it in a way. Um, yeah, so it is. It's looking to me like a a a, a top four shootout, really. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to MotoGP, we have a podium of Pecco Benyaya, Fabio Quattararo, and Alicia Spargaro. Um, and this race was really, like I said in the intro, was just a two-man staring contest because with how hard it is to pass around Jerez, it was one of those races where, 
Well, who made it into who's in the lead in turn one? They're going to be in the lead for the rest of the race. Um, You know, Fabio tried his hardest to get past, but it just seemed like once he was stuck behind Pecco, that was as far as he was going to go. And, uh, you know, all he could really hope for was a screw up on Pecco's end. And Pecco was just perfect for this whole race. Didn't put a foot wrong. And, you know, that's about it. Uh, interesting note with uh, Aleish getting on the podium. Aprilia loses their concessions. Uh, so they there's a whole bunch of stipulation. You can read about it on uh, MotoGP's website. But uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of a good thing to see, you know, because this proves that they are getting up, you know, to speed with the rest of the the paddock. Yeah. How do you how did you guys feel about this race? Well, um, I mean. Go on, Josh. Do you want to go on me? No, you go first. Um, I I look at Fabio and Pecco, and I don't, in a way, you could say I'm only saying this because, but I I rate Pecco so highly. Those two for me were just as good as one another. Like you said, Matt, it was more than just the case of one started in first, which probably then credit to Pecco for the qualifying, and one one went in second, and they they were an absolute mile in front of the rest. Not even just like you know, 10 seconds in front of everybody, but they were both so metronomical and like, they just, the pace they set was insane. Just constant, like nobody else near them got even within a quarter of a second. You know what I mean? They were just edge, 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 every lap. And for me, if it were any other race, maybe like a Portimao or a Le Mans or a Mugello, I think Fabio would have probably had a chance to pass, but with her wrath, it's sort of a bit awkward where, you know, out of the last corner to the first corner, a Ducati can pass you. And then there's that back straight halfway through that they can kind of get back, back past you again. So somewhere like Mugello, where you've got one long straight, and then if you get them, like we saw with Quattararo last year, where he passed Zarco, I think, in like the third corner, and then he had the rest of the lap to clear off to then not get passed on the straight, it can work at a track like that, like Portimao. There's that bit of a back straight, but by the time you've got there, you know, you can sort of get away with it. Um, But yeah, no, great pace from those two. Unbelievable. Um, And obviously, yeah, you mentioned then that Aprilia lose the concessions, and I saw Aleish made a comment like, I never wanted concessions. And I thought, well... That's quite easy to say when you've got concessions <laughs> and winning yeah. races with concessions, but when you lose them, look at KTM. Yeah. Didn't have con- they had concessions and thought, fucking hell, we've won at Portimao, we've won, you know, at Bruno and whatnot. Lose your concessions. Grass ain't always greener on the other side. You know, when you're on level playing field, I'm not saying it'll happen. You know, I've, I've got great faith in Aprilia, but... It's all right saying it when you've got concessions. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like being in a cycling race and somebody pushing you behind and going, I never wanted him to push me. But when he's not pushing, you're being like, oh, shit, I've got to be on everybody else's level now and I've got nobody helping me. Mm. You know, it's it's easier saying that now. But, again, credit to Elaine. She set a great pace, and I do think he was quicker than Mark and Jack. But that save from Marquez... Oh, oh, that was classic. Oh, what a save that was. 66 degrees lead angle. That's old Mark. Yeah. Anybody else is not saved, is it? Anybody else? No. 
And when it happened, there was like you didn't see that camera angle. All you saw was that Mark went wide mm-hmm. and nobody really knew why. It wasn't until you saw the replay like a few laps later. I think it was from Alicia's camera that you saw like the whole bike leaning down. And then he like picked, pushed it back up with his knee and saved it. Everyone was like Matt Burton, Lewis Sutterby were like, oh, my, what? You? He saved it. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's Honda for you. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, put anybody on that. Oh. No one does what that bloke does. Um, yeah. And to be no, fair, I'm joking. To, yeah, to, but to be fair, like people say, Mark isn't. You know, he doesn't have like we mentioned earlier, like the power that he has in Honda. I still think Mark. I I think you're absolutely bizarre to count somebody like Mark out in this championship. Like you're still getting to grips with the bike. And even if he's not winning races, he's still top five pace every single track that he's been at. Mm. Whether he's whether he's finished P five, and I know it's where you finish what what counts, but we all know Mark pulls it out of the bag when you need to pull it out of the bag. And like even like do you see the movie did on Nakagami sideways into the last corner? It's like nobody else on a Honda's doing that. Like, Paul's not doing that on a Honda. He's not, is he? He's not he ain't doing that. Nakagami's not doing it. And Alex Marquez ain't doing it. Although I do think, I won't say disappointing from Alex Marquez, but finishing 13th when he did, did he top FP2? I think it was. And I know FP2 don't win you a race, but he did show good signs of pace. Alex Marquez did. And, you know, it looked good at Portimao. And I thought, I, I kind of expected a top eight sort of race for Alex Marquez. I thought he'd do pretty well, but. Just didn't well, seem to work out his, for him. His rides on the line, isn't it? It's the same well, with, yeah. I mean, according um, to Rose, everybody's everybody's uh, Nakagami, yeah. The um, same with Nakagami. It's um, obviously Nakagami putting a, a good performance this race. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's one of his favorite tracks anyway. I think Ares, Ares, but um, he's he's feeling the pressure. So um, for them, for those two, kind of doing something, I'll mm. uh, trying to. But yeah, like you said before, I think like with Fabio and and Banyaya, I'm praying Banyaya finds his form now, and that's it. He's he's adapted to the bike a little bit. They've met in the middle, it seems. Whereas he's they've adapted yeah. the bike a little well, bit. Well, they said that they've gone back adapted. to the twenty one kind of full setting, haven't they? They've kind of mm. gone full twenty one yeah. setting with it. Well, and one of the uh, things that Peko said is instead of trying to tweak the bike to his riding style, he's learning to ride what he has. Yeah. And I think so Daniela's the best way us. to go. Yeah. Um it's uh, hopefully that kickstarts something and we get a proper a proper mm-hmm. fight on our hands. Because I really enjoyed the back end of last season. Maybe not you you so much, um Bono, but for a neutral so to speak, well, it, it was brilliant. I was too busy to celebrating see. Josh. Oh there we go. <laughs> there we go. We um, don't get that, we're under, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, I've already predicted him to win championships, so you know I'm. You did absolutely. Yeah. Teeth there. Um, no, it's uh, hopefully we get more of that because I think Fabio's obviously. I think Yamaha will be delighted that he's taken what forty-five points from a possible fifty these last two tracks, which have been kind of Fabio tracks, I'd say. Um, still got to win them, though, aren't you? Exactly, you still got to win them. Um, but forty-five from fifty, they'll be well happy with that. Um, but it, it's interesting to see if this is suddenly case closed problem solved or if this was just a a little bit of a, a blip of good form and we're going to go back to Fabio maybe finishing 7th or 8th, kind of 6th 
ballpark region now. Um, uh, obviously, Mugello and, and Assen and the like. They, well, I was say, there's, so, well, there's a but... few races. You look at Le Mans, home race. Le Mans, Mugello yeah, yeah. won there. Catalonia yeah, yeah. won there in Moto2. Yeah. Um, Assen won there. It's got there. a lot, yeah. The, now, these uh, are the races now. You know what I said to you, Matt? When it comes to these sorts of races, this is where mm. you'll start getting a better shape. When you leave places mm. like Assen, Catalonia, Saxon Ring, that's when you really look at the championship and say, who's pulled through when they should have pulled through? Because there's enough yeah. races there to say, right. that bike could be competitive mm-hmm. there, that bike can be competitive there, have they gone and done it? And you look at Yamaha, and granted, I don't think they are where they should be in terms of performance, but Fabio is pulling through where you look at him and you go, poor him out, you know. He, he were a class above, wasn't he? There's no no dispute. Fabio was a class above at Portimao, so I will be funding Josh. To, no, I'm Joe. I'm not funding Josh, <laughs> but but you know he was. And you look at a ref, Fabio and Pecco were classes above everybody else, and Le Mans. You know, there's nothing better than they say, don't they? There's nothing better than racing at home in terms of the the, the extra push it gives you yeah and he's one it's one he's not won yet and he'll yeah. if there's one race fabio will want to win this year i it's think Le it'll Mans. be Le Mans. although what is interesting is in the wet fabio isn't the most confident of riders is he well and i think we he is get... down, more down the inline for suzuki and yamara have always when, when it's rained i remember us last yeah. year saying our like suzuki and yamara just went boof, straight to the bottom um and I think that's always been an issue with inline fours. But, but, Indonesia, it rained. That's true. That's true. You know, yeah. Um, that's why I said I'm not having any of this bollocks that Fabio can't ride, ride in the wet. Because Indonesia, he didn't just ride in the wet and got given P2. He fought through past Ducatis in the wet, which I never yeah, thought I'd say. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's a fair point, actually. Um, yeah, well, no, we'll I see. Yeah, yeah. I, we'll, I think we'll like uh, Peko on the Peko again is this one swallow? Uh, of course, the whole one swallow doesn't make a summer. We this could have been a, an oddity, and we could see him back into the into the fifth, sixth place kind of positions. But at the mm-hmm. same time, maybe that's problem solved. Case closed for Peko, and he's he's back to form, and we get a proper a proper shootout for the for the title really going forward. Because them two mm-hmm. battling for the for the championship will be amazing. Then of course you got yeah, a race. Mark. And Mark as and well. I, I don't know. Nah, Joanne I think. And Alex. Nah, I think they're, they're With done. Current news, it could be done a bit done and dusted. I don't think you will see them get anywhere. I don't think they'll put any more money to that bike. It's going to stay the way it is. It's well, going to be not. an it's, it's going to be an almost bike. It'll be a nearly bike, just nearly good enough. I get almost what you mean. Good enough. I get what you mean. But you know when you see riders know that the job's up. Mm. I think that'll play into it. But it's such a, you know, it's a magic eight ball type thing with Suzuki. Just they are brilliant. But with what's gone on at the minute, we don't we don't know what the situation is. So if you're Joe Amir and Alex Rins, it's like, I'll just go out there and ride. You don't know what politics are going to get involved and all that crap. But I do want to just quickly say, they said that Hareth on Sunday was the hottest it'd been all weekend by a few degrees. And obviously, it gets greasier and slippier. I do honestly think if it was slightly cooler, Fabio would have had a better chance. But I could sit here and say 
if buts and maybes because the fact that it's warmer helped maybe helped Pecco. Maybe it didn't help Pecco. Maybe Pecco could have been quicker when it was slightly cooler because on Saturday he was rapid, wasn't he? He was three tenths quicker than anybody. So, you know, if buts and maybes, I suppose. But um, all in all, like Josh said, I'm quite happy with Fabio's performance. There's not much really that went off that whole race. Um, kind of bit of a follow the leader in a sense. Well, follow third because the two at front just cleared off. But um, I don't know if there's anything else really to mention. No, um, that's it really. Apart from, yes, you want to discuss uh, obviously Martin crashing out and uh, did he crash out, Martin? Yeah, Martin yeah. crashed out and yes, KTM's another another kind of uh, performance where they were missing. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Martin crashed out. He rejoined. He ended up finishing 22nd, but he was like 67 seconds back. Um, he, like, he, it's, Martin's one of those weird things this season because everyone had him, like, regarded so highly. And then it's just like, okay, Qatar wasn't his fault, but then Indonesia was his fault. Um, he finishes second in uh, Argentina, but then crashes out in Portimao, crashes out here, and it it, it starts to uh, you know question. You start to question like how much further can he go with this? Mm. Like how much further can he keep Physically screwing up? Well. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's been hurt last season. At a Portimao crash, you know, how much further can he keep going before he hurts himself or just screws himself so much that the that Ducati starts going, well, well, maybe we're going to look over at Bastianini. That's what I'm saying. The guy across from him has won two races. Martin's crashed out of mm-hmm. three. Doesn't really yeah. bode too well, but I, I, I rate Martin. I put Martin as finishing fifth this year, and I genuinely do think that, you know, with a bit of luck, like everybody, but um, with a bit of luck, his potential would only need a bit of luck for him to get to that level. Um, who knows? It, it's very weird with Marty in the minute. I think give it a few more races and see. You know, if he finishes, if he finishes at Le Mans, let's say, and he doesn't crash, <laughs> and he finishes top five, you know that the bloke's got the pace to be top five. It's just the case of taking the crashing out of it. Um, you know, it's not like. He's crashing out, but when he's finishing, he's second, then 13th, then 10th, then 8th. It's like when Martin right. does finish, like at Qatar, he would have finished top five, I think. Was it top five? You know, he was up there. So I think, yeah, know, I think he was battling one. for like sixth or something. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one, Martin. I think it's just sort of wait and see. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. Um, Unless you've got anything else to say until we move on to the ride of the day. No, I mean, no, I mean, you you look at uh, like Josh said, you you look at Brad Bender and Oliveira, KTM finishing tenth and twelfth. I mean, KTM has just been such an up and down team to see. You know, first, yes, two first two races really high, and then. Yeah, the rest of the season's just been like this whole roller coaster. I mean, it's yeah. Hopefully, and they were testing some new stuff at Jerez on Monday, so hopefully, 
something comes of this. But it, it was the same thing last season. They started off really sh- bad, did the testing, brought, brought the some new, new stuff. Chassis, didn't they? Brought the new shot. Yeah. And then, yeah. You know, set a lap record at Magello, did really well, and then it just dropped off again. It's. But you remember me saying yeah. after Indonesia when it had been like Binder on the podium at Qatar mm-hmm. and Miguel Oliveira winning, and we were like, we didn't ever expect it. it. And I, I remember saying, hang on a minute, like, let, yeah. let's, let's have some more. We've had a night race and we've had a wet race. Let's do a few dry races and whatnot and see where the performance is over a full package. And I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I'm not saying it to go, well, don't say I didn't tell you so or anything like that, but. My dis- big disappointment for the year was KTM, my prediction. And yep. I just, for me, I just look at them and I'm like, you're giving out big contracts to people like Brad Binder. I'm not saying it's Brad Binder's fault, but look within a little bit. You know, that bike is not where it should be. You can't sit mm-hmm. there and be calling out riders for not performing good enough like Binder. Miguel Oliveira's had a fair amount of stick from management subtly over last year or so. That bike is not good enough. It is not good enough. You, I look at Miguel Oliveira and I see pundits and whatnot say stuff like, you know, it only seems to work for Miguel Oliveira when, like, La Vignales, like, when all the stars align, it seems to work for him. That bike's never mm-hmm. aligned at the minute. <laughs> that KTM's never aligned. So how nope. can you expect him to win on it every week or challenge for a win when the bike is never aligned? You don't see... What weekend have we seen so far, even when they've done well, where KTM have been near the top, near the top, near the top, near the top, near the top every session? Not one. None. Not one, because it's not nope. consistent enough. That bike is not consistent enough over, you know, whether it be a short and twisted track like Hareth or whether it be a long stretched out track like Argentina. Do you know what I mean? Like the the bike mm-hmm. is is not where it should be. So to... For people to look at people like Oliveira and say, well, he's not good enough, he's off the mark. I think, if anything, it makes people like Laquona's stock look even better because that bloke were doing wonders on that bike. Not wonders, but for the slack that bloke got and for how he lost his job and all the rest of it, I feel for people like Laquona, but, you know, hey-ho, I suppose. But, um no, I'll, I'll move on to rider a day. I'll, I'll mention Josh before anyone listening. Josh has just shot off because he has got work. Um, so we're, we're sort of speaking on behalf of Josh. Josh did nick my rider of the day as per usual. Um, he did pick Marco Bezecchi, which for anybody listening that didn't yes. know or didn't take note, he did finish ninth, which is a solid ride for a first ride around Hareth for a rookie. Um, mm-hmm. Marco's been nothing short but brilliant when he's when he's been on it on it you know he, he has looked very promising um which i know you can say for a lot of people but for a rookie a top 10 finish is always a good result for a rookie points is good for a rookie moto gp so to finish top 10 is fantastic um your pick matt i'm gonna go alicia sparger yeah just what he's been doing the past few races you know to finally you know, get a pro out of concessions and all that. And I mean, he's, you look back a few years ago and he was on his way out. He was going to retire and he, you know, stayed in it. He stuck with it. And now he is 
you know, battling for podiums. You know, this this was a team a few years ago where if you would have said, you know, oh, Aprilia is going to be, you know, contending for podiums every race, people would be like, no, look at them. I mean, this was a team two years ago where if you would have even said Aprilia will get podium, yeah, people would have laughed at you. Yeah. So to finally get where where they are, you know, and Alesh is just performing phenomenally this season. I, you could easily say he's a dark horse for the championship. Yeah, I just think Aprilia will miss out when that, you know, that overall package that wins a championship. I think they're just a few mm-hmm. jigsaw pieces short for me. And that's not being a, I don't, I don't mean any disrespect to Aprilia because what they've done is fantastic. But to win a championship, you can't just be good at X, Y, Z. You need to be good at A to Z. And right. whether a player are that, I don't know. But I believe, when we look back over the whole year, there'll be certain races or certain conditions or whatever, that through a year, other bikes will develop that maybe a player don't have the maybe the funds or the facilities to keep up over a full year. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't know. I, I think they've got a great package, but have they got a championship winning package? Right. No, I don't think so, personally. I think they've got a package to compete in the top five every week. But I don't know. Do I see a leash beating Fabio? Do I see a leash beating Peko? Do I see a leash beating Mark? Over a year? Probably not. But... You know, if it was to happen, brilliant. I mean, that'd be great to see. Obviously, not beating Yamaha. I don't want that to happen. But um, yeah, no fair pick. I'm gonna say I'm 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 committing two crimes. The only two crimes of rider of rider of the day rules, which is a you can't pick two people, and b you can't pick the race winner. But I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna break both of those rules, um, and pick Peko and Fabio. Just for the absolute absurd level that they raced. I, I think people probably overlook it, but imagine Peko crashes out or Fabio crashes out. They're 10 seconds in front of third. Yes. Or second, who would have finished second. 10 seconds. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, that is bizarre. That's, that's in MotoGP, in F1, that's normal. MotoGP, yeah. that's bizarre. So for, for two people to run at that level is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I'd have to pick. <laughs> I'd have to pick Fabio and Pecco. Both unbelievable. Um, and like you say, hopefully that. And like Josh says, hopefully that will be a sign of things to come. Um, yeah, going into the European rounds because the European tracks create <laughs> fantastic racing. I know I'm not saying mm-hmm. America doesn't, Argentina doesn't, but you look at places like Mugello. Le Mans, Assen, uh, Austria, Silverstone. There's so many tracks there that you, before you go in, you expect a classic. Do you know what I mean? You expect racing elbows to elbow. You do anyway, but because of the amount of good races you've had from Assen, Mugello, Le Mans, you expect it mm-hmm. going in. And you know if that's going to be Peko, Mark, Fabio, Joan Mir. You know, if you put all those names in the hat, you know it's going to be an absolute blockbuster of a of a season. But... Each weekend is going to be fantastic. So I hope I get that at Magello and hopefully 
fingers crossed it's Fabio that wins at Mugello. But I will put it out here right now. I think Pekka will win at Mugello. Which I won't be too disappointed about because I'll be in Italy surrounded by absolute Italian maniacs when an Italian <laughs> wins the prodigy of Valentino Rossi. So they will go shit. Like they will go insane. Yes. So I'll be there for that. That'll be an experience. But either way, they'll go nuts anyway because they're just, you know, they're a screw loose in Italy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of defeat the point of rider of the day and pick riders of the day. Um, so yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So looking at the championship in first place, we have Fabio Quattararo on 89 points. Second place, Alicia Spargo on 82. Third place is Bastianini on 69. Tied with Rins in fourth for 69. And Pekko Banyaya is in fifth with 56. I'm going to mention that Mir is also tied with 56. So uh, I can't say Pekko's out of it completely. He is, you know, roughly what, almost 30 points back? But, mm. I mean, 30 points. you never I mean, know. They were racing at the end of the year, and it was like 30, 40 points at one point, yep. one at 50 points. So, yeah, and, and I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm dreading this, but I'm not because he's gone. But I have just had a sneak peek at fantasy, and all I'm saying is I've heard enough about <laughs> Honda, and thank God well, Josh is not here for this. Well, real quick, uh, looking at the Rookie of the Year classification, um, Bedzeki now leads with 15 points. Darren Bender is in second with six, and Remy is in third with three points. So Bedzeki is kind of running away with this one. Um, Going to MotoGP Fantasy. uh, First place overall, or first place for the week end, we have JLSD Racing in first, AB4338 in second, and then Slick Z in third. Leading overall, we have Josh with Tiger Motorsports in first place. Christ. Second place is JLSD Racing, and in third place is MM93 Haters. So... Josh carrying the torch, and he's got a sizable lead. Yeah, he, yeah he, well, we're only a few rounds for, in. Yeah, don't, total don't, points for the season him so anything far. He can, don't get him anything he can cling on to, because he will. And I, I, We can't bear that, Matt. We've already got a Honda fan now, and I, that's killing me enough, like I say. So to have a Honda fan like, that boasts about winning is the worst combination. <laughs> like, he's on 612.5... Uh, JLSD is in second with 583. He is averaging five points more per race. So it, it's an interesting battle, and it's good that at least one of us is, you know, holding up the red sector banner because we are doing awful. Trash. Yeah, I'm uh, in 61st. <laughs> I'm in 48th. Yeah. I mean, so, to be honest it, with you, I, I, I say this all the time. I, I go into it with fantasy and I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pick him. Great. Fantastic. And I just forget. You know, I go into Discord on Saturday afternoon after qualifying 
And I'm like, oh, it's locked off. And I've already got like, <laughs> Jorge Martin has cost me so many points. And I just oh. keep forgetting to take him out every week. Well, I will say we are up to 78 people in the Red Sector League. So, Good. you know, glad you're all here. Um, be sure, you know, if you're not already in the league, sign up uh just go on to fantasy.motogp.com search red sector we're the only one that comes up um my issue has been that i keep overthinking things and i keep making trades because you're allowed two trades per weekend i keep is- making trades that i think will work out and then they don't like See, that's, that's last- what i did last year every time you'd, you'd message me last year and be like bueno Fantasy is up. You need to change it. And I go, ah, change. And they crash. Yeah. But now I've gone, no, bollocks to that. I'm going to stick to my guns. And neither's work. So, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I like, give up. I just give up. Like For this race, I know, well, we go back to Portimao. So Portimao, I had uh, Bastianini, Martin, Ducati, and then Rins and Marquez as my silver riders right and so i'm like all right well let you know martin's not doing well so let me take him out but to take him out and put somebody else in i had to change something else because i didn't have enough uh money so i was like all right let me drop ducati off that'll give me a whole sum of money i brought in alex rins and aprilia Uh. and then rins fucking crashes and Aprilia, yeah, they got me 15 points because of Alacia's finish, but it's like, uh, I could have, like, I could have just, yeah. And then I, they it just opened up today that you're, like, you could start making trades today. So I've already dropped Rins and Aprilia. Yeah, I've just made a quick swap whilst we've been talking as well. Yeah, yeah. so... Going into next week, and I'm going to stick with this. I'm going Aleish and Banyaya as my gold riders. I'm going to keep Bastianini and Marquez as my silvers. And I went with Yamaha as a constructor. Yeah. Oh, I am desperate for some points here. You, you keep saying that you're changing around, it's not working, and you just told me you picked Yamaha. I'm like, <laughs> oh god. Having said that, I am I am known as the jinx of this podcast on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and I've just realised I've made two trades, and funnily enough, Jorge Martin wasn't one of them. Um, what? No, no, simply because it didn't work out financially for me to to, to, to take him out and gain somebody that was better than what I think he is. So I've taken out Joan Mir and swapped him for Peko because I think Peko's found something. Ducati does yes. well at Le Mans. So I'll pick, I'll pick Peko. So my gold riders are Peko and Mark, which, okay, I mean, cry. It, you pick any circuit in the world, you could not probably get a better two, arguably, or Fabio. If you've got Fabio, Mark, and Pecco, if you've got two of those three, you can't yeah. really say that's a bad choice. I've swapped Suzuki out and picked Ducati because of the news. I'm thinking, oh, Suzuki just going to go because of politics. Right. So I now have Bezeki and Martin as my silvers, two Ducati riders, and my mm-hmm. gold is Pecco, another Ducati rider, and Mark, 
and my Ducati is my constructor. So I've got very Ducati heavy because they always do well at Le Mans. If it rains, they always mm-hmm. do well in the rain. Yeah. So again, Matt, this is what I'm saying. It's like when you play FIFA. You you can know everything about football. It doesn't mean you're good at FIFA. Me, I right. can use all the logic in the world. It means nothing when it comes down to it yep. because it's MotoGP. You can't predict it. If this was F1, and I, if I knew as much about F1 as I do MotoGP, I think I'd do all right at fantasy. It's probably because Josh don't know anything. I... Eh? Do you know what I mean? They don't, they don't know anything. <laughs> so that's probably why he does well. Because, you know, all that Honda that's... propaganda, that's probably why he does so well. His brain's <laughs> just fuddled with crap. That's, I did F1 fantasy last year. And it was one of those things where I basically just built a team at the beginning of the year and went, well, I'm not going to do any better. I'm just going to leave this and see how I can go. And I think it was like halfway through the season. I was like, all right, I'm going to see if I can rework this because the thing with, you know, fantasies like MotoGP and uh, F1 is riders and teams increase and decrease in value based on their performance. So like halfway through the season, like right now I've my Team is worth uh, 17 million, 17.4 million. I think you start with like 16 million. Yeah, so, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, or it might even be 15. But like, once you increase in value, you can start making some moves. And then I like, but it was the same thing for the second half of the F1 season last year. I was like, all right, let me move some stuff around and see what I can do. And then I came up with another team. I'm like, oh, I can't do any better. Like, but with yeah. MotoGP, it's so much harder because the tracks are always different. And, you know, riders get on win streaks and, you know, like we're looking at Peko. Peko's really hot right now. Or he's starting to get hot again. You know, Aleish is really hot right now. Yeah, and like you, you said with Aleish and he could just go boom, straight down. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Rins. Yeah, and then you. Yeah. I picked up Rins. Rins did well in the last two races, and then I picked up, put him on my team, and he falls off. Yeah, yeah, he got back Mark on and... for Indonesia because I thought new track. He always does well at new tracks. <laughs> you know, it's aggressive. Literally crashed out, so I lost all the points <laughs> yeah. for that, and it was too late. Yeah, so yeah, I lost Mark for that. But yeah, like yeah, but you look at like race. You print MotoGP. You have to go race to race because. You have to look at the track. Okay, what kind of a track is this? What is the weather like? You know, you have to look at that too. Who did I pick for Portimao? Who did I pick for Portimao? Go on, have a guess. Mia. Uh, oh, and I was no going to say I was going to say Oliveira. No fault of his own. Yep. Gets taken out. Miller wipes him out. Yeah, so. Yep. Like we said, be sure to... Uh, Sign up for our MotoGP Fantasy League. Yeah, come in, see if you can beat up on Bono and I, because Josh yeah, is just kicking can. ass. Yeah. yeah. You, you could probably join now, pick a team, leave it, and I could try and do well, and you'd probably still beat me at the end of the year. And there's a prize. Be... We'll definitely do a prize. We've got to do a prize now, for sure. Mm-hmm. We've still not figured out what. Maybe maybe some... Oh, you know what we could do? This is an exclusive for anyone listening, to be fair, but like I can mute this. I'll probably no. Nah, fuck it. We'll keep it in. Maybe we could do like yeah, a one it. of one first ever red sector merch. Come up with something. As, as I know. Uh, yeah, I know. My wife's been working because um, she got one of those sticker makers, and she's been you know working on 
coming up with stuff. She made me a cup that has the logo on it. She's made a couple t-shirts just as like yeah, trial like, runs. Yeah, we've got, we've got an actual, Matt's just lying. He's covering it up. We've got a full warehouse factory in the making. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like a Willy Wonka setup. Um, yeah, we've got like fifty That's what little, it would be. little geezers just working on t-shirts for <laughs> us. So if you want, if you want one of the five thousand being made, then yeah, sure. No, I'm joking. But like, if we if we made like something, I don't know, just like a a one of one first ever Red Sector merch, and maybe something else chucked in as well as like the prize. Only if Josh wins, he's not getting the prize though. I'm just making that clear. Josh, if you're listening to this, you're you're getting naff all if you win that league. <laughs> absolutely naff all i'm not giving i'm not i am not giving josh a reason to boast i'm just not i can't do it yeah, that's obviously i've lost all respect for him now he's gone to honda if he was suzuki <laughs> give him a shirt no nah, no chance now he's lost that he's lost that privilege from me all of it's gone like i'm looking at some of the like the top three teams like josh's team is mirror fabio ducati bashanini vinales <sighs> Uh, second place, JLDS or JLSD is Oliveira, Benyaya, Ducati, Renz, Bashanini. This MM93 haters, he's got Quattararo, Benyaya, Ducati, Renz, and Polo Spargaro. Thing is, I think How? a lot of people that picked Bastianini because it would have been so cheap at the start, they've gained. Uh-huh. All the That's why I got him. And yeah, and him. So he's, you know, that that, that is. If you're in front of the minute, I guarantee you've had Bastianini in your team at one at least once. But like, how do you get Oralish, Quattararo, Banyaya, Ducati, Rins, and Polisparg on a team? He's definitely just His... waited for someone to be on fire, then just banked in on them and got rid of them. Do you know what I mean? What is the... Like I'm looking at some of the team values. Like his that uh, MM93 haters, his team is valued at 18 million. In tenth place, up the Ives is rated at 18.9 million. He's got Quattararo, Renz, Ducati, ba- uh, Alesh, and Jack Miller. Oh my god! Maybe we need to actually start listening to our listeners, Matt, because we can't play <laughs> yeah. into it, can we? Yeah, we're clearly uh, lacking in the fantasy knowledge. Um. Yeah, so maybe we need to start taking notes, but I won't be taking any notes from Josh. I don't yeah. listen to. I don't listen to. <laughs> I won't listen to Josh. Yeah, but uh, that's gonna do it for today. Uh, please be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Red Sector GP. Be sure to follow Josh at his new account, which is Red Sector Josh. Uh, follow Bono on Twitter and Instagram at Bono GP. Follow myself at Matt Polanski One. And with that, keep the throttle pinned. Oh, yeah.